Robbie. Okay. How you doing? How's it going? <laughs> doing fantastic. I have been reading up on that Georgia voting bill, whatever. And I don't hate it, but I understand the sketchiness of it. I mean, uh, I think that there's actually some some decent things that make sense in there. Um, and then there's a lot of BS. Yeah, like, the, 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 the two pieces that I don't like um, is one, the power that the people that run the show have so they can remove people that are in charge at any point up to four people at a time or something like that yeah and then that way if something is happening that they don't like you know like maybe making it too easy to vote or extending too many hours whoever's in charge can remove those people and put someone that they prefer right um yeah that's sketchy and then the other thing is requiring a driver's license or an id and you know, it sounds really common sense to for everyone to have an ID and to have a driver's license, but the people that don't have one are usually either A, extremely poor, or B, extremely old. So then you're disenfranchising that population, so I don't know. But the other I mean, stuff, the the other stuff doesn't seem too, too bad. Do you think you should require an ID for mail-in voting? Yeah... I don't know. I mail-in voting is a weird one because I don't think that it's a good idea or a bad idea. It's one of those things where you're just so busy, I guess, or lazy. I don't know. Either or. It's <laughs> it's got to be one of those extremes, right? You're either extremely busy where you're like, "Dude, just give me a piece of paper. I'll sign it and I'll and I'll mail it in." Or you're like, "Do I want to spend an hour of my day driving somewhere to fill out a form and doing it right now of course there's always going to be those people that live in the middle of nowhere that probably is a lot more convenient so i don't know again the whole id thing is just bad news in general if you're really 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 poor or really 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 old because at that point why do you need an id right yeah i don't know i guess I, I find it odd to get around life without an ID. I feel like it's called for frequently enough. I'm curious how much of an issue that actually is that people don't have IDs. Like, I don't think it's a huge issue. I'm thinking, this, yeah. Um, but again, if if you were to target really extremely poor or extremely old people, that's an easy way to kind of guarantee that their voting numbers are going to go down. Yeah. Um, and hey, I mean, who knows? Maybe somebody can be like, hey, you know what? Really poor people shouldn't have a vote. Yeah. And, you know, I'll listen to it. I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I think what bothers me more is they're like, they say, oh, we're expanding voting rights, but you're really expanding it for the rural areas. You're making it easier for people in more rural areas that are going to vote the way you want. Um, and you're limiting it for people in more concentrated blue areas, which are the areas that historically have longer wait lines, have like difficulty voting and they're making it more difficult in those areas. So uh, how, how so though, because I, I'm pretty sure that the law says that if, if the average waiting time is over an hour or something like that, they have by law, they have to add more machines or something like that because obviously they're not uh, serving the voters. Right. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's a mixed bag, man. Like it, it adds an extra Saturday for early voting. Um, it puts a, it does put a deadline of eleven days if you want to request a mail-in ballot, uh, which I think is reasonable. I think uh, yeah. up to eleven days before the election. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know enough. I I did see that they have to. They can only have like one drop box per one hundred thousand voters in the area so maybe that maybe is a little too low yeah i think they're putting restrictions on when the drop box is available right yeah i mean but honestly i, I mean mail-in voting was probably a bigger deal this year 
than it will be ever again. Well, until yeah, the next I, pandemic. Yeah, until the next pandemic. So, you know, we got another four or five years. <laughs> um, but yeah, how's uh, how's Charleston with the pandemic? Is the pandemic over yet? <laughs> uh, everyone seems to think so. Um, I don't know. Um, it's good. I think actually Charleston has done well. Like the the hospital has stayed busy, but it's been it's been a lot of patients from out of town um, that were too sick for other hospitals to to manage. And that's been what's been keeping us busy lately. Is people that are just they've been on the ventilator for three weeks, and the other hospitals can't deal with it, so they send them to us. How often does that happen? Because I know that your hospital is one of the bigger ones in the area, right? In the region, yeah, I should say. Yeah. Um, so it happens fairly frequently for me. Um, we, we're constantly getting patients from other hospitals for you know for a variety of reasons, but um, especially COVID now, where just our hospital can do things that other hospitals can't, and we can. We're more accustomed to dealing with a lot of stuff. So, and at the height it, at the height of the pandemic, were you guys accepting patients from other hospitals? Um, yes and no. Um, we did, but they started. You know, when we were starting to really fill up, when we had, you know, two or three ICUs full of um, COVID patients. At that point, they were like, "You got to meet some some pretty hefty criteria." Um, you got to be super, super sick to, to get moved. Whereas when things start to slow down, maybe you don't have to be the absolute sickest to get admitted, um, to get transferred, I should say. But, I mean, we had one patient that was sent to us all the way from Tennessee because we were, we were the closest hospital that had an open bed and could also do the procedures that they needed. Um, all the way, was, all the way uh, from Tennessee. Yeah, they literally drove through Atlanta because the hospitals in Atlanta were too full and wouldn't accept them. Um, and so they drove through to Atlanta, came to us, and yeah, that's kind of sad. Yeah, it is. I mean, at that point, you're if you're so sick that you're moving that far, your your chances of a positive outcome are pretty slim. What ended up happening? I don't think they made it. That sucks. Yeah. So what are you seeing now? Like last time. So part of the reason that I I wanted to bring you back on is that picture that I have of you in a full hazmat suit testing people for COVID. And this was about a year ago. Right. Um, And and, you know, you look back on it and it's like, damn, that's some overkill. But, you know, obviously that was the beginning of a pandemic shit happens yeah yeah i mean like that we were talking about that the other day where you know we we were in full full on gear which our hospital we had that gear set aside for like really extreme situations for ebola um for stuff where highly contagious diseases and it, at that point it was so unknown we didn't really know we we had an idea that that was probably a lot more than we needed um, but for the testing, we decided to use that gear to save the, the other gear that was, you know, limited supply that was easier to work in, to save that for people that were in the hospital. Um, and then as it progressed, as the hospital was able to get more gear, more PPE, once the shortage kind of began to resolve, then, then they stopped doing all that extra gear. So, so you guys were literally going into full emergency mode, partially to prevent using up your regular PPE. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and early on, I mean, it's early on. It was really difficult to get many people to come into the COVID unit. Uh, and one of the excuses, which made sense, was you know they were like, "We don't want to use your PPE. There's a shortage." we don't want to have to use it unless it's absolutely necessary to go in the unit, which 
it did make sense, but I think people also just use that as an excuse because they were scared to go in the unit in, you know, in some instances. No, I mean, yeah, in the beginning, I, I, I was afraid to do anything, but again, that's with no knowledge other than, Hey, there's this virus that might kill you. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, shit, I'll stay indoors. I have no problem with that. But today it's like, yeah. well, we kind of know it's, it's not nothing, but it's also not the Black Plague, right? Yeah. So to Although I think... Go ahead. I, I think one thing that people don't, you know, just don't think of is this, you could call everything we've done over the year, people may see it as a failure or whatever of like, oh, well, the virus still spread, the virus still took over. We still had to do all the shutdown and people are like, oh, we did it for nothing. But like, if you really think about it, Hospitals were overwhelmed with all these things done. And if, if it hadn't been done, more people would have had it. Um, and I think more hospitals would have had what New York had, uh, just trailers full of bodies. Because part of it is like, it's, it's a very manageable disease, or-ish. Um, you can treat it and you might have a positive outcome. It takes a while, um, but you do that when you're short-staffed, when there's not enough people to take care of you and actually give you the attention that it requires. I think a lot more people die. Well, yeah, I mean, that was the whole rationale in closing everything, right, is, hey, our hospitals are overwhelmed. Yeah. And if we keep at this rate, uh, people are going to be dying outside, right? <laughs> like We just don't yeah. have the room we're our our infrastructure in in the medical world is just not built to handle everybody at once and it, oh god no nope and and nor should it right i don't think we should build so many hospitals you know like what is it 350 yeah. million americans now something like that i don't think we should have 350 million beds cuz at that point who's helping who right <laughs> yeah but yeah um what well, what's it like today in the hospital like um, in terms of capacity, in terms of stress, uh, I know that there were plenty of nights where you were just kind of like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, um, it's better. It's it's a lot better uh, capacity wise. Um, you know, our our COVID numbers have gone down a lot. Um, we're down. You know, and it fluctuates. We've da- been down to sort of half an ICU. We've had just one full ICU. We kind of vary. Um, stress is never any better because whether the patient load goes down, then staffing load goes down. We had a lot of people quit or transfer, so we're just short staffed all the time. Um, so because the we've there's like this this cycle that I, I'm I'm curious how long it's going to last, where a lot of hospitals were short staffed and they started offering you know, travel bonuses, incentives, just come here, work for us for three months and we'll offer you a lot of extra money just to come and do that. It makes sense. So people are like, well, you know, I'm not doing much here. So let me go to this place and make a lot more money, help, you know, go where I'm needed. Uh, but then that has ended up creating shortages in the hospitals that they left. So then those hospitals create uh, travel jobs and those incentives so those those incentives keep building up people keep keep leaving and bouncing around um and then at some point you've just got every hospital is short and they're staffed by travel nurses from another hospital um well doesn't that show that there's just a shortage in medical professions yeah yeah how do you that and you don't pay people enough to stay in one place but there's no well, but I mean, there, yeah. there's there's definitely two created by, you know, an older population that is retiring that doesn't want to be at risk. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a huge I hate saying it, but that's a huge economic opportunity for our generation. I mean, the United States of America is getting older and the birth mm-hmm. rate is at an all time low. I think um, we're heading in the in the direction of Japan where. They're like, please just make babies, please. Um, shit, I never. So, 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 does that mean that 
so how how has it translated to you then? Because if they're giving all of these incentives to everyone who is willing to leave, those who stay, such as yourself, how how does that benefit you? Or does it? Oh, I mean, it it does not benefit me at all. Uh, other than there's a lot more overtime shifts available, um, but uh, we're just short staffed all the time, and so patients that we would traditionally make a one-to-one assignment. Like it would be this patient is so sick. They just need to be your only patient. They need your full attention rather than dividing it. Those we've had to change the criteria for that to be like, this patient has to be super, super, super sick. Um, Or they have to be like off the unit for a long time for you to have to divide your, or for them to get that attention. So I think we're working in more dangerous conditions for the patient. Um, But do you think if the hospital said, hey, you know what, we're going to pay everyone more, more people would stay? Or is it a mix of, damn, the incentives are actually that damn good that you're going to go no matter what? Um, I think if they paid more, offered you know, sort of incentives to stay a longer period of time. They did offer like a bonus if you stayed for six months. And I I knew a couple people that had been thinking of traveling and they were like, well, I'm just going to put this off then because the bonus sort of outweighs the, uh, the work of trying to find a new place, trying to move, do all that. For some people, it was enough to stay. For other people, it wasn't. Um, So what if, okay, so... I may begin a little sidetracked here because I'm just the economics of this is just killing me right now. What if what if they the U.S. government said, you know what, a hospital is a hospital, and you know if this hospital has the capabilities of doing a procedure, procedure A, I should say, then you know they'll get paid this much, and if hospital B can do procedure B, they'll get paid that much more. Right? So almost like standardizing pay for the hospitals uh obviously the more the bigger the more expansive treatments that you serve the more you get paid right would, would something like that work i don't think so because then you end up uh people the more rural hospitals end up having even more issues staffing yeah but i mean mm... like right now right now the government actually offers uh like if you go to work at a more rural hospital, if you go work on like a um, Indian preservation, like not preservation, no, Indian territory, like if you work in those different more rural areas, you'll actually get uh, student loan assistance. You can get your nursing degree paid off for working in those areas. So they're, they're actually trying to incentivize people not to work in the big area, big hospitals. Huh. Yeah. Because then that does create that problem of who wants to work at the cheaper place, right? Yeah. Huh. So no matter what, we're fucked. Pretty much, yeah. No, absolutely. So we just need to get more more people into the medical profession. Uh, yeah, and hopefully, you know, long term, this this whole thing will make more people want, you know, having seen the I guess the attention that was given to nurses and doctors. Hopefully, that will make people want to do it more. Did they clap for you every, what was it, from like, <laughs> when did it start and when did it finish? I think it finished in the summer last year. When did the pandemic yeah, start? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm having a brain fart here. A year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So a year ago it started. And I think in the middle of April, maybe into May, I remember hearing these loud noises. And I'm just like, man, why? Like, what is happening? You know? And uh, me being the idiot that I am, I didn't know people were clapping every day at, I don't remember what it was, like six or seven. Yeah. Did they do that in Charleston? No, no. Plus, I mean, Charleston's spread out. It, you know, if I start standing on my porch clapping, no one's going to hear that. <laughs> um, if everybody does it together, person. though. <laughs> it's, it's still too spread out, I think. Uh, and also, I mean... It was a great idea, uh, but if you're in the hospital, you're you're not 
outside at shift change. It's not like, you know, seven o'clock rolls in, you're out. You, you don't get to leave till, you know, 30, 40 minutes later. Cause you got to actually give report, tell the nurse, Hey, this is the patient. Let me tell you about them. This is what needs to be done rather than just like, Hey, figure it out on your own. Take over. <laughs> Why don't you just take a 15 minute break, go outside and, and bask in all of the clapping and all the attention. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, I assume that that's why people get into the medical field, right? Because they get all the attention. That's just for and, the claps, you know. And they're, they're looked at as heroes. I mean, you guys are heroes, but still, I couldn't do that either, shit. Either, either do comedy or become a nurse, either or. It's just the same. Yeah, either way, you're going to get a clap, okay? Yep. That's... <laughs> God damn it, man. Do- <laughs> doctors and nurses are just so selfish. Just, just out there for the attention. God, it makes the me class. sick. Actually, you were. I applauded you because you were a guinea pig. You were one of the first people to get the um, the vaccine. Yeah, I think I got it like the third day it was available. And have you gotten emails from Bill Gates asking you why you're, <laughs> you know, going into the liquor store so often? <laughs> uh, no, I mean. I seriously had no side effects. It was like, I, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people that, you know, they did, they got like a, you know, aches or whatever the first night I had nothing. Like I felt great. Um, I think, I think I told you uh, the second vaccine, I had some stomach cramping and I was like, Oh man, like, is this, is this one of the side effects? So I sit down, I Google it. That's not one of the listed side effects. And I realized I just had too many jalapenos for dinner and, Oh, yeah, it's just my daily life. <laughs> you're just you're just an asshole. <laughs> Side effect of living Robbie's life. <laughs> you disgust me. Like that time that we went to um, what is it called, the Pepper Palace? Oh God, yep, Pepper Palace. I won't tell the whole story, but you and Carlos, man. Also, fuck Carlos. Um, we need to we need to go do that again sometime. No, although I I, I will go to Charleston. I will go to Charleston. <laughs> but I'm not going to witness anybody eat so many spicy things where they just die. I don't, I don't, <laughs> both of you had tears coming down your face. All right. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so you took the vaccine, no side effects other than eating too, how many, too many jalapenos, like an idiot. <laughs> um, so what about, but you never had COVID. Uh, that is correct. At no point. Oh. Um, you, oh, so, so we're going to have that argument. Well, hold on. We're, it's not an argument, but <laughs> when you were at the hospital and you are checking in on all of these COVID patients over and over and over, they never gave you um, testing over and over and over, right? They just kind of asked you if you were okay and then did like antibody tests or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you were supposed to self-monitor. So I, like, I took my temperature every day in work every day after work um and then once a day on my off days uh and early on they wanted us to like keep a written chart of that um but i no one was collecting that so i just recorded it in my phone which is great because now i have like a recorded i guess documentation of how my temperature kind of varies um but did did, uh, did your temperature go up every time you ate too many jalapenos (laughs) no it cooled off from all the sweat um, I hate you. <laughs> um, no. Um, so, and then I also did, uh, it was a voluntary thing to do antibody testing once a month. And I did that for like the first five months. Um, they offered it for the first five. And so I kept, I was just testing to see, you know, did I, had I gotten it, had I been exposed to it and negative the whole time. Um, and so I, I think there was once or twice that I, I wanted to get tested. Um, but it was early on when things were just, it was really hard to actually get a test. It was going to take like a week. And by that point, you know, it was felt like it was more likely just allergies or something else. Yeah. Cause right now is prime allergy season. And it, it was perfect last year when COVID hit right in the middle of allergy season, you couldn't figure out if it was a sore throat from, from COVID or, or just that tree sperming in your yard. Yeah, uh, uh, a friend of mine just got COVID, 
and she thought it was just like a common cold or allergies or something so she actually had friends over and then next thing you know everyone has COVID <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh but, but but they're okay they're all okay um yeah no it's just yeah th- th- that is funny that you, you couldn't tell I think my dad thought he had it at first too but then it was just allergies as well and it's just like yeah I don't know but okay so you never had COVID you get the COVID shot how did that change your confidence or your attitude towards everything? Because now, all of a sudden, you have that. You got Pfizer, I think. And, yeah. and what is that like? Ninety-five percent effective, something like that. It's yeah. It's it's when you get the second one. It's it's really it's in the nineties. Um. So I mean, I, I like I would tell people, you know, the only side effect I got was a weight off my shoulders and a mild sense of superiority to people. Um, oh but, my uh, god, that's something that I was talking to one of one of my friends about. Like, like all these assholes online. Like, oh look at me, I got my 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 vaccine. I'm better than you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't go so far as to you know I hate posting stuff online, so I, I didn't go so far as to do that. But uh, no, like I mean, it's it just you feel better. Um, you know, like my dad and I are pretty close, and he's you know doesn't have the best health, so it was really nice once i had that vaccine to to worry a little bit less about giving him covid and then once he got it and like made it like a year without giving my dad a hug it was nice to be able to do that just simple things like not worry about being the person that kills my dad um right so no it's a sense of relief right yeah no and i mean it's, it's it really did it felt great um and uh you know at this point you know, I, I still still wear a mask more, almost like out of courtesy because a lot of people don't know I'm vaccinated and I'm so used to it. I don't care. It's not a, you know, inconvenience. Right. Um, it literally takes three seconds to grab it, put it on your face, put the little stringies behind your ear and just. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, it is it's, it doesn't bother me. Um, so, but, but do I really feel like I need to right now? Probably not. Um especially as more people get vaccinated. But. Yeah, I think um, I think the last statistic I heard was 75% of older people are vaccinated now. And I, th- I think it's like a 25-ish percent of the U.S. population has at least had its first dose or fully vaccinated. Yeah, um, yeah that was what I heard. And I'm just like, damn, man, this thing is about to be over thank fucking god i really hope so like in the back of my mind i'm like worried there's gonna be a little you know one last little little wave but hopefully it's just i don't think it'll be as big as any of the previous ones yeah i mean i hate you know it sounds terrible to say this but i think um you know the people that were most vulnerable are have already been affected and so it's only natural for the waves to get smaller and smaller and then you add the vaccine yeah i mean unless somebody mutates the virus to the point where it just becomes something new i think we're okay right yeah yeah so this leads us to the conversation of (laughs) what if you already had COVID? should you go get a vaccine um so this is one of those things where it's uh still a little early so limited research on that but i i do recall there was I can't remember if it was CDC or who had put it out saying that like the antibodies that you developed from the vaccine appear different from the antibodies that you developed from getting COVID. So if you get the vaccine, it, I, th- I think it's actually good to get the vaccine um, in addition, even if you've already had it, because um, it will more likely protect you from variants and other things. Why so though? Why like, so, so, this is where I disconnect with that logic. If you got COVID, let's say last year, in the first quarter of last year, the vaccine was developed off of that strain, is from my understanding. At what point does someone who got COVID in the second half of last year, or even in the first quarter of this year, how do they benefit from going back in time to grabbing an old strain of the virus? Um, so as opposed to a more 
recent um so there's, there's two two aspects to that um one you could see it potentially as like a family tree and maybe you got something way off the branch but you if you get it from the root of the you know the base of the tree then it'll affect all the branches instead of just this one branch that you got it from mm. does that make sense yes but i also don't believe in family trees so <laughs> you don't believe in family no um, i don't so let's go to observation two here that is a really good point though. that is a really good point yeah um so the other one only applies to the uh the pfizer and moderna um and that's because they're the mrnas versus the um johnson and johnson is more of a traditional vaccine um the attenuated virus but the mrna you're you're being exposed to like a really base core like a core dna or, or rna of the of the vaccine or of the virus and this is with the pfizer and moderna right okay um so you're it's like one of the essential building blocks and that's what your body learns to be resistant to um and again th these are new you know they're newer vaccines so there isn't as much research on them um but i believe that the through being exposed to that you're you're developing antibodies to a different part portion of the virus than what you would be developing antibodies to if you're just responding to the virus itself you're responding more to the exterior of the virus i think wait say that again that that confused me and this is i am not a virologist i, I have to say so this is no you're a virologist uh, right now <laughs> i am absolute expert now um but when you build antibodies you're responding to the virus and uh the way that it attaches the exterior shell of the virus um that's what you're responding to right um, because that's that's um I've, i think they've shown those pictures online all the time right right the mrna is what's inside and so mm -hmm. i think you develop uh, antibodies to a different different aspects of the virus so it doesn't so and correct me if i'm wrong then from what i'm understanding is that the johnson and johnson version is more of a traditional as in it looks for the outer shell Yes. That then the body says, oh, that's, you know, COVID. Let's kill that shit versus the Moderna and Pfizer, which is more of a, hey, look for, uh, judge a character by its, no, wait, judge a person by their character, not by the color of their skin. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. And so then Moderna and Pfizer don't care if it looks like COVID. They're just looking for the the actions of COVID. The core. The yeah. core. Um, huh. Um, it's, I mean, because Johnson & Johnson is, it's great for people that maybe can't get multiple vaccines. Because um, it's a one my, shot and you go. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, my sister, one of my sisters has like a absurd needle phobia. Mm. I've told her just go ahead and get Johnson and Johnson because I don't, I don't know if she's actually going to get have the the guts to go and get two vaccines or if she'll just do one. Um, but overall, I mean, uh, the rest of my family, I'm like, go ahead and get the other one. Like, if you're actually going to do two, it's you know, there's ninety percent effectiveness versus seventy uh, percent. Yeah, interesting. Okay, see, that's something completely new to me. Well. I already had COVID, and I'm not getting a shot, so. Of course you're not. Fuck you. And you will ridicule all our <laughs> friends that get a second vaccine. No, it's only because I hate Carlos. Carlos can, <laughs> well, I'm not going to say anything mean, but Carlos can die. Um, Nothing that that man can do is right. No, I hate him so much. Um, okay. No, well, um, so, okay, so from, from, here's my viewpoint of this whole thing, and I am a, viro a virologist. I can't even say it. Um, just if you have natural antibodies of a virus and there's no evidence that suggests, not yet at least, that suggests getting a shot will improve your likelihood of fighting the virus, um, then what's the point? Especially 
when there are people out there that really need the shot, right? There are older people and people that are higher risk and, and everything else that still need a shot. Why would I go and steal one from them if I already had the virus? I mean, so I don't know how it is in New York, but here they've opened it up to anyone 16 and up. Yeah, um, they're doing that, I think, starting either today or next week. I don't know. But yeah, they're about to do that. So I don't think your argument of I'm stealing it from someone that needs it at this point in time really stands up. Um, no, but there's a limited supply. It's not unlimited. Yeah. Again, again, that's only a part of it, right? A part yes. of it is I don't want to take a shot from someone who actually needs it, right? And then the second part, which is actually the first part, is there has yet to be any evidence suggesting that the antibodies created by either the character of the person or the skin of the person uh, will last or do any better than a natural antibody creation. Um, yes and no. Other than the fact that they, they have done the research that the antibodies that you develop are different. And so but, but, if you but, were but, to but, develop... But it's not about whether they're the exact same or not, is which ones are more effective and which ones last longer, right? And two would theoretically be better than... Two types of antibodies would theoretically be better than one. I'll go... Li- I, look, I licked the poles at the subway, Okay. <laughs> I think well, you did that pre-COVID. Yeah, <laughs> and I still got COVID. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> My body is failing me, dude. I was I was so happy I didn't go on that trip with you and get COVID because <laughs> uh, it was so much that sense of superiority. Being like I told you so, I, I live for those. No, moments, no, 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 that no. Was great. No, I hope I hope Jared listens to this, Jared. <laughs> Fuck you. I know you brought COVID to fucking Mexico. So fuck you. We didn't catch it in Mexico. We did not catch it in Mexico. Carlos had been there for a week and he was okay. I get there. We're okay. Jared lands. Three days later. Oh man, my body hurts. Fuck him. I know he brought it. I know he brought it. (laughs) And then he can't even recognize himself at his doorstop or his doorbell video camera. (laughs) Anyways, that's a different story. That is, I hate that man. All right, so what's one thing that you think you will change once? Like, what has changed over the past year that you think you'll keep? I guess does that make sense? Uh, like habit wise, what, what changed? Yeah, yeah, that something that's happened that's changed from COVID that you think you'll actually keep. Hmm, that's a really good question. To be honest, and it sounds really bad. I kind of didn't change my lifestyle too much other than not being able to go out and party. And I think maybe that's something that I can incorporate a little bit better. Um, but I still went outside. I still went out and, you know, saw very limited people. Um, I still socialized, right? I was I was one of those fortunate people that had people in my neighborhood or within my circle that I trusted that I could go and hang out with. And I don't know. I think maybe the indoor dining, it's not as important as I thought it was. But that's about it, man. Like everything else, I just kind of just kept going, which is weird now that I think about it. It didn't stop me from doing what I was doing. Other than sure. other than other than, you know, the obvious, right? Like I said, I can't go yeah. out to a bar till four in the morning and doing stupid shit, right? Um Yeah. It's weird. I, I'm I'm one of the luckiest people out there that my job didn't get affected, um my social life didn't really get affected. Uh if anything, it's just the project the trajectory of my life shifted. You know, it went from, okay, I, I'm going to start planning a family to, well, I'm not starting a family. <laughs> <laughs> so that just means I get to go out more often, right? Well, that's about it. Everything on hold here. Yeah. That's about it. Not, it's, it's crazy. What about you? I mean, I don't know. You, you were busy working all the time. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you, hold that thought. I'm gonna crack up another beer. Oh shit! Let me grab another one too. Hold on. All right. Um, honestly, I think the only big thing is I I learned to like I was able to find a lot more trails, a lot more outdoor things to do that I just didn't look for. Um, so didn't you also go I I shroom hunting? Yes, and that like I found some awesome trails where I found wild mushrooms that are really really rare and so i i hope to keep doing that that was so much fun i'm like already like counting down till the fall when those mushrooms are growing back and i'm going back to find them now these are for eating purposes not or yes. dining purposes not tripping balls yes. purposes no no although you know what i no. take that back I, uh, you know not not to go backwards <laughs> here but the whole concept of creating content even though i was already doing it a little bit before the pandemic this whole thing of what i'm doing now is like i like this like i should have done i should have gone in harder before you know but because of the pandemic i had more time to kind of learn the skills that it took to do this type of stupid shit (laughs) but yeah so i i'm i don't think i'll ever eat your mushrooms Oh, well, you, you I mean, you're such a picky eater. You probably don't even like mushrooms. I like mushrooms. I actually just learned the other day that I like shiitake mushrooms. Those are good. Um, yeah, I, I know someone who is making me, well, hold on, that sounds wrong, who taught me how to make these weird sandwiches, and, they, and, and she put shiitake mushrooms in it. And I was like, oh, nice. I'm very okay with this. And I'm not that picky. I just have certain things that I don't like. Just, you know, you just don't like, you know, 55% of the things out there. But. Condiments. I don't like condiments. Uh, and any cheese except for mozzarella. Yeah, I'm not a huge cheese guy. But cheese is, what is cheese? Dairy. So you just don't like milk. No, I don't like you milk don't. either. But I will eat cereal. No, but think about cheese. It's literally just a solid block of fat. It's milk gets a solid block of calcium. No, 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 no. Um, Trans. <laughs> nah, I just, I don't know. Actually, I, I'm still feeling guilty. And I, oh, I didn't even get to tell you this. I've been fighting this guilt. Oh, boy. Few things make Pablo feel guilty. I'm excited. I No, I know, right? I never feel guilt. Guilt is just not in my <laughs> world. Um on Monday night, I I live in New York City. I don't know if you know this, Robbie, but I live in New York City. Are you from there? Uh, my uh, U.S. birth certificate actually does say New York City or New York. I don't know. Either way. Either way, fuck you. The point is, I ordered Papa John's. <laughs> and the guy was like, hey, you know. There's no parking. Can you come outside and pick up the pizza? And as I walked outside and I saw the Papa John's, you know, logo on his car or whatever, I couldn't feel but shame and guilt of ordering Papa John's pizza in New York City. (laughs) And I literally felt like everybody was just looking at me, just judging. And I don't know, like. Did I eat it? Hell yeah, I ate it. Did I enjoy it? Hell yeah, I enjoyed it. But afterwards, I'm just like, man, like, was that the right thing to do? New York pizza is overrated, man. I will agree with you there. I will agree with you. Like, there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. It's, it's not bad. But I fail to see something in there that is like so special you can't get it anywhere else. Um, you know? Yeah, I mean, you like tell me, you know. Authentic Mexican tacos in Mexico, those are better than what you're going to get somewhere else. Like, that's that. That's real. But New York pizza is the same shit you're going to get everywhere else. (laughs) And they are as varying in quality as anywhere else. I've had good New York pizza and I've had really bad New York pizza. Yeah, I was going to. So part of the podcast is, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll do something stupid. Right. So, um. I think that the, the Apple bet, remember the Apple bet? I did a, I recorded a podcast for that. Uh, that's just me on my own. And then when I got high as shit off of those, um, 
edibles. I did a podcast for that. And I was going to do a podcast just explaining my viewpoint on New York pizza. But then I was afraid because people would kill me. So so when you lose the Apple bet again, are you gonna, just going to do that? Another podcast about it, about how it feels to, to be embarrassed four years in a row? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is not going to be four years in a row. This year, this year, that that curse will be broken. And you, sir, who are saving lives, will get to suffer. <laughs> and your patients, I mean, they, they might as well just kill themselves because you're going to have no energy when you're not eating. Well, thankfully, I've learned from you how to, to get through it most easily. No, nah, yeah, it's fucking terrible, but ugh. But back to the pizza. No, nah, I, I really did feel guilty about it, but I mean... I don't know. It's just a guilty pleasure of mine. Papa John's just hits the spot. And and there's so much pizza here in New York City that, like you were saying, a lot of it's just not that good. Like You can't have a million different things and all of them be the fucking best, right? You got to know where to go to get the good shit. And I know a few spots, um, but... I just moved, so I don't know. I don't know anything around where I'm at right now. Yeah, well, now now I've learned that I need to ask you how sober you were when you had it before I actually trust your advice on how good things are. Okay, that was only once with the barbecue. Um, and yeah, that was my mistake. I shouldn't. I should. I should have never told you that there's you, good barbecue you in New York City. And talked so much shit about how it was better. I never said it was better than like Lewis Barbecue. You did. I never said it was you better. Did. I just said that it was good. It was just as good as Lewis Barbecue. Right. Point is, I will not get not sober and tell you about good barbecue. <laughs> when are you gonna come up again? In the next year or two? Yeah. I was um I was thinking we need to do something for your birthday this year. Um how old will I be? 35. Good Jesus, that's fucking old. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'd rather, I'd rather do shit when it's warmer. So let's like combine birthdays or something. When's your birthday? I don't know when your birthday is. October. October. And then Ben is in September? Yep. So we're doing the bridge run for his birthday. Oh, yeah. I have not been running, so I should totally make a bet with Carlos. Fuck him. Just fuck him. I cannot... <laughs> Just cannot stand that man. Um, no, yeah, we'll have to plan something out. And um, no, I think uh, the pandemic is coming to a, a close. And I honestly do think that by the end of summer, things will be close to normal. Close, not normal, 100%. Um, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm trying to get Sam to come to New York. Sean's going to come to New York. British is actually on his way this weekend. Ben and Jody want to come up in the summer. Um, hey, man, I, I think I think it's it's almost over, and you as a as a as a medical professional uh, got us through this. So for that, thank you. That's a lot of crap, but <laughs> but that. Well, I mean, look, it's just like. The military, it's just like anybody else, right? You sign up for a job and you do the job, right? And at no point do you have to keep doing the job. Because right now, yeah. I mean, I can tell you right now, like, man, I'm fucking tired of my job, blah, blah, blah. Dude, if I quit, man, ain't nobody going to give a shit. But I guarantee you that if all of a sudden, like, a, sh- a large portion of the military quits and a large portion of healthcare workers and cops and everybody else that quits, uh, we're all going to fucking feel it. Yeah. So in those terms, it's like, all right, people like you are slightly, not you in particular, because you suck, but everybody else, I mean, they're important and, and, and we should be thankful for what they do and for choosing to do what they're doing because nobody's forcing you to do it. Yeah. I mean, I love my job. Like it's. Yeah. But you're yeah, also a very there's... sick, sick person. And I hate you for that. <laughs> The amount of stories that you've told me that involve either blood or shit is just I don't I'm, uh, I don't want to think about it. I, there's there's a new one that I haven't told you. Oof. How bad is it? 
We'll save her off the podcast. There's, there's. So it's pretty bad. See, I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want. I don't want to hear that <laughs> stuff anymore. Get a new job. You, you do want to hear I it. I don't want to hear it. I've witnessed too much, too much already. Uh. Anyways, um, Robbie, it's been a year, and uh, thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you. Uh, feel free to um, lose in fantasy football, so I don't lose the Apple bet again. You know, I really hope that like I can come back on this podcast and we just don't talk about COVID. Like we talk about UFC fantasy football stories of our april fool's hijinks oh yeah see man oh man the last few weeks have been insane for me and with the move and and work and then the podcast and then other shit going on it's just been like crazy and and the fact that we try to do this last week for the what was it 13 year anniversary of our april fool's thing yep um yeah i think it was 13 years Oh man, that would have been nice. But no, yeah, for sure. Next time you're on, the pandemic will be over. You would have lost the bridge run. And uh <laughs> and maybe we'll have some more pictures of you in a dress. <laughs> uh, I'm done with that bet. I'm done <laughs> with that bet. <laughs> oh god. Um no, but for real, yeah, hopefully the pandemic I, I I do think that by the end of the summer It'll be close to over, and um, yeah, man, we'll, you'll come on, and we'll talk about April Fools and all the regular shenanigans that our lives consist of when there's not a pandemic. That'll be lovely. By the way, what beer are you drinking? <laughs> You're gonna hate me. Uh, it's uh, Sycamore. Why are you drinking Sycamore? Sycamore is one of my favorite breweries. In Charlotte, and not just for the location. Okay, see, that's that's how I know that your taste in beer has gone straight to fucking hell. Sycamore is it literally is a- the worst, well, maybe the second worst brewery in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they're there yet. Yet you claim that Char- uh, Charleston has better beer. Charleston does have better beer. Well, according to your taste buds, <laughs> uh, false. You take you was it wooden robot that you rave about, but you they you also say they only have like two good beers. Well, that's because I'm a picky eater. <laughs> yeah, wooden robot's the best. Also, do just love don't drink robot. that one or that one or that wooden one. Wooden robot that one. and Legion is really good. Uh, Bird Song is really good, and then the one that um, my favorite is what is it called? What is it called? What is it called? <sighs> Not Triple C. Um, no, Triple C is also good. Uh, it's next to Old Mech. Old Mech is like very average beer, but um, I can't remember. I feel not Lenny Boy. Not oh yeah, Lenny Boy's delicious, but damn it, I feel bad. Lenny Boy's kombucha is terrible. I feel really bad that I can't. And I will remember. not support it. No, fuck you. We're not talking. Sugar. About, we're not talking about that. Oh yeah, Sugar Creek. Sugar Creek. There we go. Sugar Creek is, I think, my See, favorite. Pablo, I know the Charlotte breweries better me, than you me, do. Me, me, me. You live right <laughs> next door. I live in the real society now. Okay, I can't be bothered by you simple-minded southerners <laughs> i hate you oh man i love you sir all right and i'll talk to you later yeah bye bye